Roll initiative, set phasers to fun, sling some spells, and play on. It's the Sunday Gamer, where we answer the tough questions about games. No, not how to play Twilight Imperium 4. The complex questions of why we play the way we do and how to play social situations better. Tune in as we take questions and talk gaming culture. Hello, everybody. This is Bob Mitchell. This is Judd Cabot. And I'm Scott Gibbs. Okay, okay, guys. Before we get started, Judd, I got to talk to you about this intro. We got to stop dissing Twilight Imperium 4. You know, all these people, because you know it's a big, massive gaming thing. And maybe, maybe we need to just, like, maybe... Change the game up every so often. Oh, every okay. Every now and then we say no, not how to play Shadowrun Third Edition or what is um, Shadowrun? Is that an RPG? Yeah, it's an RPG. It's a complex one. It's crunchy. I don't know. It's not Dungeons and Dragons. I didn't know if it was considered oh, yeah. an RPG if it wasn't D and D around. Right. It's not. It's not the Golden Child. Maybe maybe you could use something like uh, Code Names or code names. or Betrayal on House in the Freaking Hill. No, not how to get five clues in Code Names. <laughs> or maybe just how to play Clue. Yeah, how to, <laughs> no, not how to roll to move. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to the Sunday Gamer. Today we're going to be talking about some toxic gamers. I guess not toxic. I mean, I don't think they're radioactive or anything, but yeah. but uh, maybe people that uh, that hang out at your store, uh, at your house, in the alley, in the alley. Do not uh, game with people in alleys. This is a, a dice guild gaming <laughs> exclusive tip. This is our PSA: Do not game with people yeah. in alleys. Now this episode's going to be, yeah, this episode's going to be a little bit of tongue in cheek. Just keep that in mind as you're listening to it. Uh, we were all pretty riled up last time, but this 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 time I think uh, I think this is more tongue in cheek. So no more grandstanding. Yeah. So let's just get on with it. So Judge, you play anything good over the past couple weeks? I played some Gloomhaven. I said anything good. <laughs> I played some Gloomhaven. Um, I played I played Exit the Subnautilus Trap. Yeah, you have that. Oh, I have unlock. that. It's, it's, uh, it's unlock. unlock oh, okay, exit. yeah. It's um, unlock. It's over there on my shelf of floor of shame or whatever it's called. Yeah, it's the Space Cowboys makes these unlock games. They are math games where you puzzle them out and you solve clues on cards, in cards, and you just try to escape a room. It's like an escape game. No, the escape room game. Yeah, yeah, escape room game. So that's the unlock series. There's also the exit series. Another very good one. Yeah, is it unlock? Is the is that the one where you destroy the cards, or is it exit is the one exit where you is have the to one where you destroy, destroy the cards. rule book and cards? Yeah. Okay, that sounds like fun, just in general, because I love doing that legacy games. It's one of yeah, my favorite just, parts wow. of it, just tearing stuff up. What else? You know, Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition. Yeah. Yeah. Play any X Wing this past week? No, we played a bunch of games that are board game day, but I'm gonna let Scott say those. Yeah, you guys. Sorry, I had a I had a game day with some some college buddies just this last Friday. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very very socially upward. Yeah, Scott was at two different game days, and my my playing games for the past couple weeks is gonna be really short because I didn't play any. <laughs> um, I've been taking a break, and uh, work's been tough, and nobody wants to hear about that. But uh, this is mainly going to be driven by Scott and Judd, with me commenting on how bad their choices are, uh, life choices, not just their game choices. So, although about to write down another type of toxic gamer, oh. <laughs> critiques. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. All right, is that it? Yeah. That's All right, fine. Scott. Uh, why don't you talk to us about the uh, game day at the brewery a couple weeks ago? Is it Chronos Arena of the Gods? Is that the name? Arena of the Gods. Yeah. It may have a title before that. Excellent podcasting, guys. But Ex- I know. Yeah. We was really prepared for today. Well, poor Jeremy. He brings it every time. We never played it. So we played it. It's actually a lot of fun. Yeah. Simple bidding. You bid your life away to get more powerful. And, and then you just push people around in a pit until last man standing. 
Yeah. I'd like to say that Samurai Santa Claus won. Sounds like running for president. Whoa! Right? right? Yeah, you okay. sell your soul. <laughs> yeah. Get yeah, exactly. Good. King of New York. Yeah, New York. Still think I may like Tokyo better. I like I like the different choices on the dice for New York instead of mm-hmm. just the numbers. I don't know. Maybe we play it again. We did have five players, so that was a little different. I don't think I've ever played either one of the two versions with, with enough to have more than one monster in the city. Yeah. I am going to disagree with you there, Scott, because the very last time we played, we had it where we had did to we? have two people in the city. Yep, we did. But that was King of, that was uh, King Tokyo, of Tokyo, and that one was a little easier to yeah. parse out. Yeah. Than, than King of New York was. Ah, uh, Tokyo, New York, it's the same thing. And then we played Wingspan. That was my first time playing Wingspan, so I thoroughly enjoyed the game. Loved the components. like all the information on the cards. I really do. I like, I, it's, it's a pretty game, and it's yeah. fun. I think it lived up to the hype. I mean, like I said last I was, week. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a not uh, yeah. last week, but last cast, anyway. I'm very leery of anything that comes off Kickstarter that people like, oh, this is great, because these people are invested in it. They're going to say it's great, whether it's Good or not, and I, I did. I also agree that this one actually lived up to the hype. Yeah, I think I think it's probably my favorite Stonemaier game. This Friday, I hung out with some college friends. We played mostly card games. Uh, we played Eight Diamonds, which is not the Eight Diamonds that you may have ever heard of because we invented it ourselves. Trick-taking game, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. We also played Photosynthesis, which went over decently. And lastly, we played The Mind for two and a half, three hours. It sounds like you would lose your mind doing that. We were bound and determined to actually beat the game. In a four-player game, there was four of us. You only have to go to eight levels. We consistently made it to level six uh, before we we just lost too many lives. But the very last time, it was about 2.30 in the morning, all the way to level eight. Still didn't beat it, but it was very, very close. Well, I would think if you made it to level seven that you would bring out the Omega Protocol to get to level eight, right? (laughs) Funny enough... We kept failing at level 6, but the first time we made it past level 6, level 7 was the easiest level we had. Mm. We breezed through it. It was very interesting. A lot of fun. The Mine by Pandasaurus Games. It's pretty cheap. Find it almost anywhere. I recommend it. Yeah, I think it was the most popular game. When did it come out? Did it come out this past year? It might have been I mean, in this country. Like, was it... I, I it was 2018, but I'm not sure. It may be 2018, but I know I know when it came out, the year it came out at Gen Con, it was, everybody had a copy of it's, it. It's easy, it's access, accessible, easy to teach, play, fast. Not everybody likes it. I've played it with several people that just hate it because they feel like the game is completely luck-based. And I'm like, it's not. It feels like it, but it's actually not because we, as a group, the four of us improve every time. There's just a lot of inductive, deductive reasoning, lots of just communication through obviously you can't talk but there's just other ways to communicate we call those in the communication field yes. non-verbals yes that's the so. one <laughs> it's that verbal thing with uh, with the, without without yes. with mm-hmm. the ghostbuster symbol on top it's of. a right. funny disconnect with gamers where they're like it's completely luck based now let, give me some dice to roll yeah isn't that weird <laughs> give me it's not luck based but give me a way to mitigate my dice and all of a sudden it's okay yeah it's even like, if it's just right. like one minor thing like is it castles of burgundy that you can flip a dice up one or you down can, one. You can, you can, there's tokens to spend to change your dice. And you can spend as many tokens as you want that, that you have to flip them up and down. There's other games like that. I have My Village. You roll a whole bunch of dice as, to make a dice pool and you pull out two of them. So there's a little bit there because you have to have very specific numbers. Yeah. My Village by Stronghold Games. Just going to throw that out there. 
I got that for you for Christmas a couple years ago. I really like it, actually. I have still never played it. I, I will bring it over. You should play. Well, next week, I'm just gonna, next week I'm going to have two games delivered to the house. One's Wingspan, and the other one's going to be Suburbia Deluxe Edition. Oh, so we're going to have to play that too. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to play because it it's got another expansion with it, and the game just looks. That's one of my top five games. And yeah, I'll spend the extra money to to get that. It's a it's a pretty beautiful game. It's a fun game too, depending on what kind of mayor you want to be. Okay, so that's it, right? That's all the games we played. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's terrible, guys. We got to do more gaming. So, unfortunately, it's March. So, like, basketball happens in March, and I'm going to be away watching some basketball games. So, I won't be able to get a lot of gaming in. Maybe we can get the X Wing League finished. Yeah, it's supposed to finish this month, right? End of this month? I think so. Yeah. End of March. We may extend another month because it doesn't look like anybody's going to get their games in. I, uh, I finally bought a new vehicle that actually has heat, so I can actually drive to places. And yeah. not freeze to death? Yeah, you got that just in time for uh, spring to hit I in did. a couple weeks. I did. So, hey. so good sure job. Wait, way, to plan. way to plan ahead. <laughs> yeah, the air started to go out too, so... <laughs> yeah. So. <clears throat> All right. So, yeah, this, this is probably going to be a shorter episode this time. We're just going to move right into the main topic. We're going to talk about some... Well, we call them toxic gamers, but uh, people that show up for like game nights at your store that just whatever they grate you the wrong way. We're just going to we're just going to go over a few, and we'll just do a little roundtable here, and we will start. Judd, let me start with you. What's your first one on your list? Do you have a list? I don't have a list. Um, oh, that is a blank page, sir. Yes. You want well, Scott it's actually to go an invisible just... ink, and let me just decode it real quick with some oh, lemon yeah, juice. Oh, yeah, yeah. We are super prepared for this episode. I hear that's a good way to rob a bank. Yeah. Lemon juice? That's a weird reference. I don't know what Scott's going I, I don't either. Here. He did the John thanks Cena, for... you can't see me thing, and I, I don't know. Yeah, that thanks works. for trying to save me, though. <laughs> the, 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 the internet knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Is this going to be like when Justin McElroy was like the How to Make Bread guy, and they actually found the How to Make Bread guy video? I hope not, because I, I don't really even know what I'm talking about. Mm. What's an internet, anyway? All right. All right, Scott, why don't we... Um, I've only so got Scott. three listed, and I know Scott's got a big list, so why I, don't I've you start a, with your I've first one? i got a big one. list, I guess. Um, well, let's start with the first. Scott likes big lists, and he cannot lie. This would be <laughs> the Alpha Gamer, and I am, unfortunately, I fall into this category quite often. I do teach a lot of the games that we play, and so it's very difficult, especially if it's a very complicated game, and I have maybe one new player and a lot of experienced players. I have a problem with not telling them maybe the best things that they should be doing. Getting better about this, because I understand I have this problem. But yeah, they're always wanting to lead. They're always suggesting what everybody should do. Most of the time I want it to be a round table type of thing, but if not everybody's into have a strong enough personality, they may feel intimidated. So I apologize. I am working on that. I don't think I'm as bad as some alpha gamers out there that are over the top, like, must do this, you must do that. But yeah, I'm, I'm very laissez-faire when it comes to games most of the time. I usually don't care unless I can do something to, if I know I'm not going to win, whatever I can do to disrupt just the flow of the game. That's just me. Well, like I said, for me, it's it's more with uh, new players. Now, everybody's experienced. I don't do this because I want everybody to explore their options. Sir, I'm going to call you out for a second. Uh, right. I have seen you and your wife play cooperative games before. <laughs> cooperative games are slightly different. Yeah. You're supposed to discuss things in cooperative yeah. games. Okay. Yeah. We'll get on this. There is a line where it gets drawn in cooperative games. Right. Because I've had players in D&D who are they're rules lawyers. 
And that yeah. doesn't mean they're rules judge. Yeah, that's, that's fun. We'll, we'll get to that. We will. We can lead right into that. They alpha game at RPGs, at like tabletop RPGs. They're like, I built this character min-max that's amazing. I'm the only one who does damage. Blah, 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 blah. And they're not role-playing and they're not socializing. Right. That is the biggest problem with alpha gamers is tr- trying to go to an RPG, mm-hmm. in my opinion, trying to go to an RPG and going, I'm going to take my alpha gaming mentality and it's like, but you're not, you're cheating at make-believe. You're cheating at make-believe. Yeah, you're you're taken away from a, somebody else's gaming experience. Yes. So you, and right. I actually have a, I have something that, that, that'll kind of feed into that. No, yeah, cooperative games are different. And I've been part of those games. And I think I've actually, I don't think Scott was at this game, but I know we were playing up at the store one time. And we had an alpha gamer there. And I slid my chair back because he just kept taking over the game. I, I slid my chair sir. back and said, why don't you just move my pieces for me and so I know what to do. I was there, sir. Yeah. We were playing Arkham Horror card game. This may have uh, been a different time, but I know that happened during that game. Oh, yeah. Because both of us basically just said, do what you want. We will just sit here. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 that that was that. That's, that's a good just, way to handle that. I have never been that bad, sir. <laughs> no, no. No. In my case, I, I just want to make sure that, like, like I said, a new yeah. person has enough knowledge to play the game competently that they'd have fun but then again i'm also taken away from from just experiencing and figuring it out on their own so there's a little bit of a balance there well that's, that's sometimes annoying right because because in in our in our small section of the country we very rarely when we're playing games we usually play if we play here we're usually playing with the same group but I can't even count the number of times that I've played a game where I didn't have to teach somebody the rules yeah. multiple times. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm looking at games up here, and I feel like every time we play a game, I have to teach somebody the rules. I don't see anything. Uh, maybe, maybe Dominion. You know, maybe Dominion. We've played that that's, plenty of that's times. That's the only one where we don't always uh, have a new person. But it seems like every time, you know, and I love having new people over, but they're just games where I'm just like, that's why I don't pull Dinosaur Island out. That's why I don't, you know, want to pull Robinson Crusoe out because we know for a fact that Robinson Crusoe. You almost have to have sort of that alpha gamer attitude because one time it took us longer to set the game up than it did for us to lose the game we just set up. I think that's the draw of legacy games and like competitive games is mm-hmm. that you, the rules are there so that everyone has to know them and if they don't know them, they kind of get poo-pooed on in you know competitive games. But in legacy games... Everyone starts getting invested, and you keep the same players over the course of time. So I think that's why we've seen a rise of legacy games. Is that there are people who want to? Well, I think I think that may be part of it, but I think but the reason why I, th- I don't think we're yeah. I think we've topped out on legacy games now. But we'll see what happens when Pandemic Legacy Season Three comes out if that kind of reignites it because. You know, there for a long time, legacy games were just, that's all you heard yeah. about. Now it's just kind of, and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say it, but it was probably Betrayal Legacy that caused it. Which they can't or Machikoro Legacy, legacy or Werewolf Legacy. Oh, uh, yeah, Scott's point at Seafall, unfortunately. I'm sorry I made you guys play that. So, so that's the uh, Alpha Gamer. And, yeah, sometimes they're nice to have around, but, you know, like Scott said, they have to learn to, like, pull back. You got to temper yourself. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to make. If I have a person that's playing a game, they feel like it looks like they're lost. I don't mind helping them. I just have to make sure that if there's a person that's not lost, just let them find their own way and yeah. they'll, they'll have fun and mm-hmm. make discoveries. And maybe they won't play the greatest, but as long as they have fun, that's the important thing. So. Okay. What's the next one on your list, Scott? Well, uh, 
he mentioned rules lawyers, so let's move into that one because that's that's a term you hear a lot. <laughs> yeah. I had for rules lawyers. I like to play a game by the rules. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if we're doing a rule wrong, I want us to do the rule correctly. Some people call those rules lawyers. I do not. Nope. I mean, yeah. that's uh, maybe they're a bit uh, inflexible. You know. That's not what I... Here's what yeah. I consider as a rules lawyer is a person that interprets rules, either as written or as in, as rules as in, in, in... And it's usually people that are interpreting them in a way that's beneficiary to them, but not to everybody else. Yeah, is that, that where you're going with that, that? Yeah, often that type of person fails to be consistent in the rulings. They'll rule it one way, one time when it's in their favor, and then when it comes up again, sometimes in, within the same game session... They'll rule it differently. Right. As long as it's in their favor. And they're usually very convincing type people, especially if you're playing with people that don't really know what's going on. Those are the ones I'm talking about. The ones that they interpret the rules to benefit themselves. Yeah, and they're always grabbing the rule book. Or or they get upset when you ask for the rule book. Like if you're playing a game... Let's say you're playing a game. Let's say we're learning how to play, I don't know, uh, Gizmos or something. Eh, Gizmos doesn't even have a really rule. Yeah, Champions of Midgard. Let's say we're playing Champions yeah. of Midgard, okay? And I'm, I'm teaching the rules. And let's say I'm just a rules lawyer. Then, it, Judge, you say, well, let me see the rule for that. And then I'll be like, no, no, what are you, what are you looking for? I'll look it up for you. Yeah. That That's kind of, I kind of agree with that. That's kind of, I, I think that's that's kind of where we're going with that is the. The people that know the rules, and we call Scott our rules lawyer, but you're right, that's not really, that's just a, that's just a, a clever nickname. Not really clever, it's just a nickname. Right. He's the arbiter. Yeah, and it's From always... Now we'll refer to Scott as the arbiter. I'm the arbiter, yes. Yeah, he, he, he teaches us games, and it's always good to have that person because I'm not dedicated enough to do it, not, honestly. Reading rule I've got, books is awful. Yeah, I just, <laughs> reading rule books is like... I'd rather somebody peel my toenails off with rusty pliers. I mean, some of them are okay. Like, ones that are only, like, a couple pages. But then you get the stuff that's, like... You know, you would think so. There are some that are short and are still very bad. But there are, yeah, often often the long ones are typically worse. They use more words to explain nothing. And thank God for people like Rodney Smith and people online that make videos and say, hey, this is how you play this game. Let's go through it step by step. If you do that, you are a board game saint. Yes, that's such a that was such a good idea. First Martians has to be one of the worst rule books I've ever come across. And I don't know, even Rodney had problems on his first video of it. It wasn't until we actually played Robinson Crusoe that the game made more sense because they're they're basically the same. But the setup of the board of Robinson Crusoe made more sense. And then when I could put one next to the other, all of a sudden it, it all kind of clicked. And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, that's what all this stuff means. But it right. was complicated, poorly written. I know it was translated, so that that's also... Yeah, but that's that no be, excuse in today's world, right? I it's mean, not. It's not. Especially no. since that was the second game from that publisher, and it's just a reskin with a few added things of a previous game. Yeah. No. So, Mars was really big that summer. It was, actually. Rules lawyers. Yay. People... People, do you need them? Maybe, but uh, maybe you need maybe. people who know the rules. You don't need people who will argue. Yeah, we right. don't need people to ar- argue the rules. They need to be the people mediators and arbitrators to to make yeah. sure that hey, this is how the ruling goes. And it's probably best if the person's teaching is not actually playing the game. But like like I said, we play but in a very small group. Yeah. That doesn't always work. That does not always work. 
I have a subset, I suppose, of the rules lawyer, and I call this the surprise guy. The, the rules paralegal. This is the person that knows the game, they own the game, and they're teaching the game. Or maybe this is a game that you've been playing a lot, and you know everybody's getting a rule wrong. But the surprise guy doesn't tell you until that moment in the game when it comes up. And he's like, you can't do that. And you're like, I've, we've always done this. He's like, nope. In the rules, it says you can't do that, and they'll show it to you, knowing full well that you were going to do this before mm -hmm. this started. Or if they're teaching you a new game, I mean, they give you enough to go on, but they won't let you know any strategies, which is, like I said, that goes back to the alpha thing. Maybe you want people to discover for themselves, but you're not really doing it so that they can discover it for themselves. You're doing it as a, as a crucial to beat them over the head with, like, gotcha. yes, you should have seen that. It's like, I'm trying to figure out the mechanics. Mm -hmm. You know, you could have given me a heads up, or maybe you shouldn't use, you know, the the net deck way of winning this mm -hmm. on, on the first go just to destroy me. Yeah, I think in X-Wing we call that gotcha wing. Gotcha Right, wing. right? Yeah. Right, because most, most X-Wing, competitive X-Wing players already know all the rules, but they may not know all the card interactions, especially how X-Wing works now. You don't have to play all the factions anymore. Right. So, and that's happened to me a couple times. You know, I'll look at an opponent's list, and I'll... I'll go over there and, and, and kind of look at it. And we'll talk about it. Then all of a sudden, maybe they're proxying a card. And they didn't tell me at the beginning of the game or something. It's like, oh, oh yeah, by the way, he has this on him. I was like, oh, well, I didn't know that. You know, you can't really back that game up. And we call that gotcha wing. You know, like weird interaction of cards that they may not, they may know. Mm -hmm. And really, all this information is open, right, in this game. It is open uh, information. And so you should be doing it. It's a gotcha wing. That's, I hate playing that version of X-Wing. That that happens a lot in Magic the Gathering, which is one of the reasons I don't like to play it. Was you have these interactions that not everybody knows about and you, you look at it and they, they tell you and mm -hmm. I just not not a fan of that. There's no reason to let everybody know everything that's going to happen or could happen up front. Mm -hmm. There's not. There's just no reason not to. Scott did something great. When he did the, no, you can't do that. And I want to point it out because the people at home will never see this, but he did the exact posture that this person will do, which is place his hands together, fingers interlaced, and set them down on the table and say, you can't do that. As if he's like in an executive meeting and has trumped you or something. And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. You absolutely cannot do that, and this is why. But you did it earlier. Well, I didn't see the rule then. <laughs> I am. Well, we're gonna play. It. We're gonna. We're, okay, we'll all agree. We're gonna play it. We're gonna play the rules the correct way from now to the end of the game. Okay. Yeah. Don't you hate that? I love that. Don't you hate that? It's like right. it's like you you do a rule wrong halfway through the game, and usually if we find out when we're doing that, it's like okay, we'll just keep playing it this way. Yeah. Or maybe we'll say we'll use this rule for that, but we're gonna see if it affected the game yes. beforehand. Like well, but but the but this 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 person that Scott's talking about, I don't know if it's a specific person, but I've seen people do this. Is like, well, yeah, well, I just read this, and you know, I kill your guys. Yeah, apparently, your guys die on uh, fours instead of threes. Well, you did that earlier. Oh well, it pro it doesn't really matter. So we're yeah. just gonna play it the right way Downplay from the rest it. of the game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mistakes happen. That's fine. Either. If it wasn't an issue before, mm -hmm. change it. If not, play the rest of the game the wrong way. There's nothing wrong with that. We, no, that's a well, game. Uh, Star Realms 
Now, we played Star Realms incorrectly, which is not a complicated game, so I don't know how you get it wrong, but Bob and I were playing, and we played a version that we now call uh, All Your Base Belong to Us, because every time we destroyed a base, instead of putting it into our discard pile, we put it into the opponent's discard pile. If and they could play the base. So if and they could play it later. It was actually a pretty interesting variant that I, I really enjoyed. Then we realized it was wrong, but... Yeah, we invented that variant. Yes, we meant to do it that way. Yes, the all all your base belong to us variant. Yeah. So okay, well I'm going to move into because uh, this kind of bleeds into my first one mm-hmm. on my list is the I'm going to do air quotes, which makes sense on a podcast, but the win at all cost guy mm-hmm. or girl. So we briefly spoke about this in the last podcast, I believe, unless I edited that out. You may, I may have. have edited it out because we went kind of long. But the win at all costs guy, he's the one that, like, he doesn't care about close wins. He wants to completely demolish the other players. You know, we've had this experience recently where it was obvious this guy was going to win. And now he's looking, he's taking extra long in his turns because he's like, how bad can I beat them? Now, I understand. I, I get it. You know, you want to win, but, I mean... There's no reason to piss off the people you're playing with and make them not want to play games with you anymore because you want to completely demolish them. Because I, I guarantee you, they're not giving out trophies for 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 beating somebody's butt at the dominant species or Robinson Crusoe. Well, Robinson Crusoe is a, you know what I'm talking about. You know they're not giving out trophies. We're not handing out like yeah. uh, gamers of the month award because they're really good at a game. Oh, we're not. No, oh, no. Man, what are we even doing this for them? Yeah. <laughs> But that's a, the win at all costs guy. I, that's just that's just somebody that's always kind of bugged me, you I, know. Some people call the win at all costs person as a person that also cheats in games. So I I did kind of split it into two for this for this particular one. Because mm-hmm. win at all costs for some people it's like not only do they just demolish people, but they will win at all costs. They will actively cheat in a game, and to them it's fair as long as they're not caught. Like you should have been smart enough to catch me. And it's usually the guy that's got so, the rule book and secretly reading the corner. Right. You know. So I actually called up the version that you said, the person that's playing within the boundaries of the game, but they just want to demolish people regardless of how fun it is for anyone. I call that an Omega player mm-hmm. because it's it's just the end, demolishing everything. Uh, to me, win at all costs feels more like a person that's willing to cheat in a game yeah. just to win. It sucks when the win at all costs guy is also like the rules lawyer. Yes. You know? Yes. Because they will hold, they'll hold stuff from you, like uh, you know, like in five tribes, like your coins count as victory points. I'm playing, Scott. I'm playing. I know you didn't intend to do that, but that, that's that's what I'm going back to. That's the story I'm using every time now. It's not my. I forgot the rule until the end, and it just so happened I had a lot of coins, so it looked bad. Yeah. Yeah. You played Rising Sun really wrong the first time. Was, uh, coins made me think of this. We we read the rule book, and we got tired of the rule book, and we were like. And this is why arbiters are very good, is because we read the rule book and we're like, okay, well, this says clean up, so that means end of the game, or end of round. Mm-hmm. It's, it's phrased something like end of round. And so we thought, oh, that's end of the game stuff. We're done. We'll, we'll look at that when we're... At end of the round tells you to take all the coins and you get rid of your you coins and Ronin right. after your... Mm-hmm. And that made the Koi player really good. Oh, you were saving from round to round and yeah. building up? Wow. And they get to count their coins as the Bushido guys sure. where they can be in the fight. 
or Ronin so they can be in the fight. And it was like, oh. Oh, and things like that good. happen when you play a game for the first time, and it's okay. You it's can okay. either keep playing that but way. You got mad, and it's like, why do you get mad? You're winning. Uh, it, you know, it's. I feel like I, I've never understood why people get bent out of shape over. Okay, so diplomacy is a whole different animal. We're not going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you're playing a game that doesn't take a lot of your time and investment, I mean, like, Rising Sun is, what, maybe a two-hour game? Yeah. Maybe. True. Which, yeah. which, for some, which is a long game nowadays. But I come from the age that Axis and Allies, the Milton Bradley original Axis and Allies, took an entire day to play. I played a game of Risk that lasted two days, and we just stopped because... It was a complete stalemate. That has got to be the worst experience I could ever hear anybody say. Is like, I played Risk for two days. Really? There was three of us. I had like one little spot on the board, but the dice variance was swung so much in my favor. Like neither of the other two players could wipe me out, but they were too busy trying to acknowledge each other because they owned each of them owned mm-hmm. half the world. It went on for two days. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the winning all costs, the mega gamers, cheaters. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, Maybe some are cheating, maybe some aren't. Nobody wants to... We all want to enjoy games, and, and to be honest, uh, usually those those kind of gamers come from a specific game that I'm not going to mention. I'm going to start bleeping out every time we say Magic the Gathering on this podcast, I think. That would be hilarious. Uh, that would be a good running <laughs> gag. It's like a curse word. It really is. Um, and we, we talk about it because we've all had negative experience with Magic the Gathering with the game and players. I think oh I think God. it's you know it's a solid game, but a lot of these and I think Scott has one that directly referenced Magic the Gathering players. Yeah. Unless I'm mistaken. No, I I was talking about uh, yeah, it is. It's actually part of the name. Okay, so why don't we go ahead and move into that, Scott? Oh What's... well it's called MTG stereotype. And it, it, it is a stereotype. Not all these players are like There's this. Some cool guys in it, but no. But I see this, and not just in local places. I see this when I go anywhere, and I'm not the only person that makes these references. It's a stereotype for a reason. Bad hygiene, loud cursing, obnoxious, and it's it's very patriarchal, right? Is that, that a word? That's patriarchal. A word. Type of player. And it's very common in that ring of... Uh, in that in that game, right? well, because let's not okay. Let's it's super let's, popular. Let's stop pretending magic is a game because it is an investment. It is absolutely an investment. Yeah. You're yeah. you're getting into you're spending lots of money to win. You're buying your way to victory. I don't care what anybody says. Back when Scott and I first started playing magic, how did yeah. you build a good deck? You bought a bunch of booster packs and you prayed that you got good cards that you could use. Yeah, for your deck. yeah. It was uh, at the time. It was still the nineties. I mean. You can get signals, si- signals, you can singles, yeah. but there's they, hot singles near you. Yeah, but there's on it, no magic cards. Yeah, you. yeah, magic dating app. Online, anyway. online buying wasn't really a thing at the beginning, uh-huh. so you had your local store and then whatever you just happened to buy, and then you traded for the rest. You actually traded, which is why it's called a trading card game. Which that's the thing is they've taken the social element of the game and turned it into a market, and the social element of the game should be we're trading. Hey, you like this card. I like this card. Maybe, Let's trade maybe these cards. Maybe onto something with this with my stereotype here because we played a lot of forty k, which I would also argue is that's not so much a game as an investment. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's not a, a lot of ROI on Warhammer forty k. You're not going to get more out of your army than you put into it. That's you, true, but you had a lot of the same player type 
Right. I, I meant a lot of the same thing. Most places I went, hygiene wasn't as big an issue with that group of players, but the the, the win at all costs, the loud, obnoxious, cursing. Throwing dice. I, I'll get to that one later. That's a, that's another one of my foibles. <laughs> um, specifically with those type of games. Um but I, I want to debunk the myth early and often that Magic players get return on investment. They don't. If well, you're I'm a not... store owner, if you're an article writer, or if you... <clears throat> even if you own a Black Lotus, you're going to sell it at under the value you got it for. And the thing is, you own a Black Lotus, that is a $6,000 piece of cardboard. You probably don't own a house or a car either. If you do, good on you, and you're an investor or you're a collector... But seriously, stop it's, aspiring to own a Black Lotus. Aspire to have your life together. That's what I'm going to say about Magic players. It's it's a game, but most people are... It's an addiction. It's an you, addiction. You, you can make money off of it, but you can't make money off of it and be a person like that... Plays it. Plays no. it. No. No. And it, it's a fool's errand to say, oh, I've made so much money because I sold these cards. It's like, how many booster packs did you buy? How right. many... You had to you had to start up your collection somewhere, and you spent thousands on it before you even made hundreds back. Yeah, the only time I really see people buying booster packs at the shop is for uh, sealed events. Yeah, you know that's, sealed that's is pretty so much, much fun. Sealed is fun. If I played Magic, the only way I would do it is either uh, a sealed deck or a draft. And yes. that, that's the only way I think I would play it now. I enjoy it that way. Yeah, but, I know I'm going to put what twenty bucks into it. I know that as long as I have twenty dollars worth of fun. Yes. I'm okay, because it takes $20 to go to the movies, and a Magic tournament takes a hell of a lot longer than, unless you're watching Lord of the Rings, it takes a lot longer than most movies. But Sealed also brings out, Sealed and Limited also bring out the worst type of player, Magic players. <laughs> the, oh, I can't believe you passed this. Oh, I can't believe you oh, passed this. Oh my god, yes. you're so dumb, you can't I'm gonna, even play I'm, this you game. Know what? You know what, I'm going to let Scott tell the story about the last time I drafted in a tournament. So here's the story of... Uh, mine and Bob's last draft tournament that we went to. It was in pods. We were in the same pod. And there was two individuals in the pod that were also friends with each other. And They were sitting well, on either side of me. Either They were on either side of Bob, across the table from me. So we opened the packs. I'm drafting, I think, green and black because I just I like those colors in general. But apparently so everybody else was because apparently they were good that time. I had no idea. I drafted white because I had two white cards in my first pack. He had two white cards in his first pack. <laughs> he was only drafting white. Apparently white was the bad color of that particular set. And person on either side of him, every time Bob passed a card to him, would make a snide little remark. Can't believe you passed this. Oh, wow, this one's worth this. And just on and on the entire pod. Dissing Bob and how bad of a player and even person he was for being so stupid as to pass up these amazing cards. We get into the tournament. We start playing. I wash out pretty early. I had fun, but I had a very ineffective deck. It was fine. Bob makes it to the cut along with these two people. Uh, the tournament ran kind of long, so they offer to split the prize support between all the top players. Everybody gets a little something, and then we leave. Everybody was okay with this, except for the two people on either side of Bob who thought that they were the best Magic players in the world. And they demanded that we finish this tournament out. That's they every both, Magic player in the world thinks they are. They Bob wins the tournament. And these two finished last in the cut. Dead last. Yeah, I beat both of them. And so, got nothing for their trouble. 
Not they got not nearly as much as they would have if they had just split the, the I think prize the support. Split is like three packs, four packs for. I know it was a pretty long. It was a pretty large. It was large. large. It, it was, was a it large. Up yeah, that the pre-release. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. for it was, it was for. Uh, no, it was a. You said draft. It, yeah, it was a draft. If you have pods, it's a big draft. But yes, it's like three or four packs whenever they or two or three packs whenever they do the. That's like what two bucks store credit a piece. No. Yeah, so so it was the I don't remember what it was Return to Theros or something. I don't remember. It had the Nissa. It had the it had the flipping uh, flipping planeswalkers. Origins. This was after Innistrad block. It was after Innistrad. The flipwalkers were in uh, last corset Origins. No, it was it was the first time they came out. But anyway, that doesn't really matter because the funny thing is, is I get all these magic packs. As payout, and and I don't at this time I bought out of Magic. The only time I did it was a favor to the store owner, and so I ended up just looking through the cards. And the store owner says, "Hey, that's a good card. I'll offer to buy for it." Well, I, of course, I didn't do that. You know, I don't like trading at the store I buy from because you'll never get a good deal. So I sold all that stuff on eBay and basically made two or three times as much as I put into it. So that's why I say it's an investment. And I didn't, you know, I didn't rise up to these guys when they're in the pod. I just, no. I just kind of... Stayed silent the entire time. Yeah, and, and you know what? I didn't know if, if what I was doing was smart. I just know that in a draft, you should always just draft one color. That's just the rule I've always had. Nobody was picking that color, so he had plenty to choose from. It's not a bad strategy because even though you miss out on removal and bombs or whatever... Mm-hmm. You never have to worry about your mana yeah. fixing, which is the biggest thing that will kill you in a draft. Yeah, right. and the, the thing is, is like you know, we're talking about that that stereotype for Magic: The Gathering players, and some it spills over into 40k, at least in the competitive scene that we used to be part of. I know it's a little different now because there's not as much of a competitive scene, but I do see people at the store, and there's one person in particular that will buy an army just because it's good. Yes. And at that point, you're you're wondering, is it a game of skill? Because it always cracks me up when I see a magic a magic ad on like uh, Twitch or YouTube that says just the most strategic game ever released. I'm thinking, ah, that's that's not really strategic at all. No. Uh, it, one person comes up with a strategy, and it's online, and then everybody uses the same strategy, you know. And then you have three or four decks that are competitive, and it's rock paper scissors at that point. Yep. You know, so. And that's the ideal situation when they get rock, paper, scissors. Occasionally they'll get a set where there's just one. Just rock. Actually. Just rock. The ideal situation, yeah. The ideal situation is something we talked about before the podcast even started. And that's actually one of my really quick people that I wanted to talk about. The zero-sum player. Where they want to ruin, they want to like not interact. They want you to not have any fun. The The ideal magic deck says, I can win on turn one. I don't have to interact with you guys. I don't have to play this game with you. I don't want to have fun with you. I want to just win the game. I'm winning the game. Done. And that is like an alpha gamer or omega gamer when it all costs. It's all rolled up into one, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it sounds like we're trashing Magic players, and we kind of are. And, and some of it's justified, I believe. I mean, I've just had some bad interactions. That's why I said it's a stereotype. It's a stereotype, but not, not all of them are that bad. Wait, no. so, well, it's easy to pick on because it's a prolific game. I mean, you can find Magic players anywhere because it's a solid game. Mm-hmm. I don't have fun with it anymore because I am a competitive person when I play games, and it's hard. It's so hard to play that game and not be competitive if you mm-hmm. are a competitive person. And so I stay away from it. Yeah, I mean, with with now, I mean, you can go on to MTG 
card or whatever whatever mm-hmm. that database is or that that it's a it's a platform online where you can go and buy cards from different stores and it runs through that same TCG player TCG player that's mm-hmm. what it is and you go up there and you just buy your deck you don't you don't have to buy a single booster pack you just you just mark it as standard if you want to be good and standard and you just you you look the cards up online and you buy it you, you drop a couple hundred bucks if you're lucky. And then you you go and you win some Friday Night Magics. Whoop de do, you know that's just what I say. I, I much prefer to come up with my own strategy, you know, my own unique strategy for a game. Like I think I had a deck where I shot zombies out of a cannon at somebody. It was actually pretty decent. Yeah, it was just a. <laughs> I just thought it was funny, you know. I I just shot zombies. Basically, I would make zombie tokens and then load them up into this. I don't even remember what the cannon is. or some sort of artifact that could shoot creatures out. The internet let you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. And I'll let you know all 500 different cards okay. that do that. So let's 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 pull back from the magic uh, community a little bit. Now I'm going to go into one of mine. Is perpetually late gamers, and what I mean by that are are people. What are you, what are you looking at the ground for, Judd? No reason. Okay, so people that work nights. Okay. <laughs> I'm not even talking about that. So so you you set up a game day in advance, and. Let's say this person's like really adamant about playing a game. This has not happened to me much, but it does happen. So they're really adamant about playing this new game. And they're going to teach it. We get ready and we, we we all meet up and then they're late. You know, they, they, they show up and they show up a couple hours late. So, you know, I'm sorry guys, I was running late. You, you could tell us, you know, we could have played something else in those two hours. Because you're afraid to set anything up and play it while you're waiting for yeah. it. No, that is a thing. I always like to be early. And I know if I'm going to cancel, I try to let people know at least the day in advance I'm not going to be there. Mm-hmm. Unless it's just an emergency. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just that's common courtesy. I mean, if you expect a game group to, to learn a game and play it and right. you're excited, you need to be there all the time. No, that has happened to us. And it's annoying. Like, the persons, they want to play this game. I want to play this game. And we have the game out, and they're late. Especially when they don't let us know. Or, the, or they just say, uh, I'm almost there. That's almost as worse as not calling at all when you say, oh, I'm almost there. We wait another 20 minutes and we contact him. I'm almost there. Yeah. We wait another 20 minutes. Well, I'm getting closer. Are no. you on horseback? <laughs> Seriously. I'm on snailback. <laughs> Never-ending story. Right. So, Actually, that snail was pretty fast. So, so I'm a big... You know, I'm a manager, so I'm a big time-oriented person. I mean, we have we have deadlines to meet, so so I'm I'm very structured in my time. I always like it to be early is to be on time, and to be on time is to be late, and that's the kind of what I look like now. I do too. Now that's what well we came from marching band. Marching so, band, yeah, so, that was the rule. So that is kind of the rule. You wanted to be there early, but like that's why I wanted to do stuff at dry grounds now, and you know, just kind of like this, just go hang out. But it's really funny because I don't know if this happened last time because I wasn't there. But the time, you know, it seems like every time I go, people are like looking at me, going, "Okay, Bob, what do we play first? And I'm like, "Going, I don't care what you play. I'm not your dad. Just, just pick a game yeah. and play it." I just personally don't want to play a lot of party games. That's just me. But that's you know, that's why I kind of like those those kind of game days because we're not on a schedule. People have asked me to make a schedule of games, and I'm kind of purposely trying to avoid doing that because I don't want to be that structured because. If you say, "All right, Scott, you're going to teach Arkham Horror the card game," for to, and we're going to have four people play, and you have these four people sign up, and we're going to start playing at 1 p.m. at 20 after one, and your fourth person's not there. You pull somebody in for the game, and then all of a sudden that fourth person shows up right after you start the game. I would probably just start it on time, and tough luck if you're going to sign up. But that's 
maybe just how it is. You know, that's that's what that's that's kind of like when I'm we're going on a trip with a bunch of people. I always say, "All right, guys, we're stopping at the gas station. You got in five minutes AIS. You know what that means? Your ass better be in the seat, or your ass is getting left." Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of the way I look at it, and I, I kind of the way I look at games too is because games are not a small time investment anymore, especially if you want to play a bunch of different that in the same day. I mean, right. our game days, when we first started playing games, way back we were playing like Settlers of Catan and Carcassonne and all that stuff, We can, and Dominion, and we could knock out games, boom, 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 boom. We could play like 15 games of Dominion in a day and we'd be happy. But now it's like, okay, well, we're going to play this game, and then we'll play this game, and then, all right, well, it's 10 o'clock at night. You know, we've played three games in 12 hours, so... That is kind of, and we're all getting older, so we all have more responsibilities. It's just that, just a perpetually late game, or just I'm not getting not. older. I'm tuck everlasting. Yeah, yeah. All right, Scott, what's one of yours? Let's see. Uh, something similar. I call this the goldfish gamer. This is the person that's easily distracted. Maybe they're always on their phone. Maybe somebody walks by. They start talking to them. Maybe they see something shiny on the floor. They're not paying attention. They don't know what's going on. Always got to repeat rules back to them. The same rule. Mm-hmm. Over and over. They never two, know when. Two plus start. the number of tokens. Two plus the number of tokens. That's a little inside joke for us. We're playing Small World. That's basically the only rule in the game when you're attacking somebody. Is how many do I need? Two plus the number of tokens. It's, that's it. That's it. That's the only rule. I mean, we had to repeat that like 30 times. At some point, he was just doing it because it was funny. Yeah. I guess it kind of was. It kind of is still. But um, but no, they, they don't. They don't. Whose turn is it? You, if you have to ask, it's yours. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the goldfish player. They No attention span whatsoever to be playing a game. But they insist on playing the game. Yeah. But they're not there. Yeah, and that kind of that kind of bleeds into the, my last one. And we're going to... We're gonna, Try to wrap this up pretty quick here because I want to get into this uh, listener question we have too, yeah, and give some give some time for that. But my last one is the the person that shows up for your game day and then they sit there is like you're you're asking people you know say like, hey well what do you want to play you look at your game self and he's like ah well I don't care we play whatever and you grab something and like eh, I don't really want to play that you know and then you're like, okay okay well how about this. Yeah, we played that last week. You think we can play something else? Well, then you care about what we play. Just say something. You know? I don't know what restaurant I want to go to. You pick. Yeah, my (laughs) wife and I go through this a lot, right? She'll she'll want to go out and eat, but then you ask her what she wants to eat, and she doesn't know where she wants to go. You know? Uh, Usually, I just turn around and come back home. It's like, oh, I can just cook something at the house. But but with games, I mean, because then you you pick, you you sit here and you pick games for longer than you play the game, and we're wasting so much time at that point. I like the idea, like, Scott will bring it when it's just me, Scott, and Angela. Like, you guys will bring over some games. I'll bring over some games. We almost always play Elder Tour, you know, just because we all like it. It's a fun game, you know, or some sort of whatever legacy game is in the fad right then. and. Mm -hmm. But it's very we very quickly pick games to play. But when you get a group of like four or five people, and then you're just like, we see it at the game days a lot. People just stand around and stare at the games, yeah. like they're just gonna hop out on the table we and start did, playing we did themselves. Stare at the games a little bit last time. Played a lot of dice rollers, and then did we only play those three games? I feel like that was it, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I only played two games of the last one. We played Wingspan, we played uh, Arena of the Gods, and we played King of New York. Mm-hmm. Was there another one? I feel like there was one more dice roller we played. Possibly. 
craps? Did you play craps? No, well, we played... Wingspan's a dice roller, technically, so yeah, we There's played just dice, dice roller. in the game. Yes. Well, it's, so, yeah, it's so you guys important. agree with me that, that this is completely off. That, that that dice tower is completely useless in that game, right? Yeah. It is. It's completely useless, right? You guys agree with me? It's, it's nice use, production it's value. It's useless. I guess the only the only thing, you don't even need the... You just need the cup to hold the dice. You here. need the cup because you have the dice that have been spent and haven't been spent, or just mm-hmm. some way to... To, to denote one or the other. It is useless, but it's it's neat. Mm-hmm. It adds to the aesthetic, yeah. I suppose. So, you guys see them. Yeah, I don't want to play that. I don't know. I don't care where we eat. Okay, well, let's go Let's go have seafood tonight. I don't really like seafood. Well, let's play... Okay, what do you want to play? Ah, oh, nothing. All right, well, let's play uh, Lord's Water. Oh, I really don't like worker placement games. Can we play something else? You know, it's just that. Yeah. Oh, well, let's play role player. Well, I don't like games where you roll dice. All right. So you've eliminated like. All right. So right there, you've eliminated half the board games. I'll play any game as long as it doesn't have a hex in it. I don't yes. like card games either. That's fun. It's. I just don't like games. Can we? Can we just go play basketball or something? Yeah. Yeah. So like, like me, it's like me. I, I usually am very upfront. If I don't want to play something, yeah. I'll just flat out say I don't want to play that. I don't know. I may not be in the mood for it. I may not be in the mood for a five-hour brain twister game. I may just he's, want to play a bunch he's of... He's staring at me as he says that. I I enjoy those games. I don't want to always play one either. No, no, no. But no. I, I do I do tend towards these very long games. Like, like Twilight Imperial 4, I can play it once a year. Sky can play it once a month. That's, that's to each their own. That's fine. I could probably play it once a week, but I can't... We were doing it once a month for a while, and then everybody stopped. Okay. So, we're going to draw the right. main topic to a close because I want to spend some time on to this uh, listener question. So, we actually have somebody that listens to the podcast, which I'm kind of surprised. So, this one comes from Rain Shadow Sniper. And, uh, I, you know, when I read the email, the first thing I thought of was Scott's made an alternate account. Mm-hmm. and Because it, the, the, the title of it is Scott on the Podcast. Now, when I just saw the title, I thought, ah, they're going to say, why'd you bring this asshole on the podcast? You know, he doesn't know what he's doing. So then I read it and I thought, you know, Scott's just made an alternate account. But then I just learned that Scott doesn't know how to use computers. Yeah. So... He's completely... So... Technologically inept. I'll just read it and judge. You... you you make the decision on whether we Scott had a friend do this. I'm glad you added Scott to the podcast. I like the additional perspective. Obvious plan. Yeah. Question. How would you suggest getting a game group started when you are new to the gaming community and have young kids at home? We've tried to host a couple different game days at our home and had no takers. I know kids are distracting and can interrupt the game's mood, so it seems most people don't want to even try. It's also expensive to pay a babysitter $50 per game day just to try to be part of the community. Are we doomed until the kids get older? Now, I don't have kids, but I will say this, that sometimes they do detract from games, especially when they're at that age, you know, maybe not like not like babies, not like teenagers, but when they're at that little, like, toddler toddler things they can they can be distracting sometimes to people but but i think if you have an inviting community i don't think it should matter no. right i mean if, if they come to your house to play games they know you have kids it's just like if i invite people over here i have cats so if you come over here with cat allergies that's not on me that's on you you know what i'm saying yes so and i just did i just compare kids to cats you did, but you don't have kids, so I understand. Okay, okay. Well, Scott's the only one here. I have a cat, so yeah, yeah, I, I mean, understand. Scott, I think Scott, has, Scott has both, a daughter. I have both, but I only have one kid, and that, that that this person sounds like they may have multiple kids. That is a totally different ball game. 
Yeah, it does say kids yeah. with an S. Yeah, the age does matter, especially when, you, when they're old enough that they're walking and talking, but they're not really old enough to maybe entertain themselves for very long. It can be very difficult. You may have to, if there's two of you in the household, just tag take, team. Just tag team, mm-hmm. you know, every entertaining the kids. Maybe don't, maybe don't get to play every game or play shorter games mm-hmm. or games that don't require as much concentration. I mean, if you're going to get into a game like Arkham Horror 3rd Edition, that's going to take a whole lot out. And if you got keep people coming in and distracting you, it's going to be a little too difficult. Um, it's even possible to find games that maybe your kids could play with. There are some very good games out there that that children can play, and it's still interesting for adults. Yeah, we don't know what age group we're talking about, right? Because Hobbit right. games are really popular with kids and adults. You yeah. know, I mean, they Ooh, are made for kids, but they are they are they can be for adults as well. Like I've I've played high school strictly with adults I, before. Yes, mm-hmm. high school is a very good game. Slip shifts we is another drinking, one, but yes. Yeah. Uh, I've been to some game days that people have had infants. Those aren't usually a, a, an issue. They're 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 there beside you. If they cry, you take care they're of cute. it. I'm not but, changing their ass. It's it's fine. It's usually not a problem. I've been to a few others where they have kids that are running around. They're maybe four years old. Those are usually a little harder because they can entertain themselves for a little while, but they they get bored and they want attention a lot. They get a little older around eight, twelve. You get into the teenagers, you don't have to worry about seeing your kid anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they're not going to bother you. I can, you I can remember what they're doing. I can remember a specific instance when we were playing Twilight Imperium Four, and it actually almost made me never want to play the game again. And it wasn't the kid's fault. I think it was the parents' fault. Yes, there for this. Hmm? I was not there for this. I heard about this. Yeah, yeah. The, so uh, where you guys played with the two. It was kids? no, no. It was no. We didn't, the kids didn't play. Oh, it's, the I'm mother sorry. did. You were there for oh, okay. it. It was sorry. the first different time that we all played at the store together. One. Yeah. So one of the guys brings his girlfriend in. She has a kid who's probably, I would say, eight or nine years old. Seemed like he was that age. Sure. I'm trying to remember what game we were playing. We were playing Twilight Imperium Four. It was the first time I played at the store with anybody. Okay. Yeah. So so. Oh yes, now I remember. Yes. And so like. So she wasn't inv- she wasn't invested in the game. No, she absolutely was not. She didn't she didn't want to be there. So that that's the first problem, right? And so he he kind of he kind of forced her to be there. That she was, didn't want to uh, play. That was a group I didn't get to. I called that person the groupie, the one that yeah. just hangs out. They're going to play because they're with somebody there, but they're not invested. They don't want to play the game, but they don't want to be left out. Yeah. So it's it's really not. <sighs> It's like I said, it's not the kid's fault, but he was over there every five minutes. And now the store has, like, a Wii, and they have all these games sure. and stuff to play. He would go do something for five minutes, he'd be right back over there. And then and then the store's owner was also playing. He has a daughter, and she was always over there. Now I can get, as somebody that doesn't have kids, that, that is kind of distracting when you're playing something like Twilight Imperium 4. That's what I'm talking about. So if you want to do a game day and you have kids, you know they're going to be distracting. And you know that the kids are going to need a lot of attention because kids need attention, right? They do. You, and as a parent, you should give them attention, right? Mm-hmm. You want them to be involved. And if they're not old enough to play the games with you, in my opinion, then, then you should probably stick to playing some lighter games, you know. Right. Tag team out. Like if, you know, if you have a significant other and you're taking care of your kids, you know, maybe you can tag out. Maybe... She can maybe she wants to play Gizmos really bad, so she plays Gizmos. Maybe you go play Tiddly Winks with the kids mm-hmm. 
tiddlywinks. Is that still a game? Maybe. Uh, the I, stick apparently made it to the, the game hall of fame, so give him a okay. stick. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's all I'm saying. Is like I don't know if I mean that's a tough question. Like paying fifty dollars per game day for a babysitter seems excessive. I, I have a solution. Family members, but I, this is something. That, Obviously, if, if they don't have family members nearby, because if you have family members, you're probably not paying a babysitter anyway. No, but right. my cousin, the reason he doesn't come to X Wing all the time is he has he's a single parent. He's got a daughter. She's she's eight. Mm-hmm. He can't always get someone to look after. Her. He can't afford a babysitter either. His parents are very ill, so they can't always look after her. Sometimes his sister does, but mm-hmm. he can't find somebody. He can't go. That happens. I'm gonna offer up the unplugged controller effect. Where you hand them basically the unplugged controller of board games of here's some strange odds and end toy pieces that are similar to our game. Like, mm-hmm. say you're playing Twilight Imperium 4. Here's a spaceship. Every now and then you have passengers that are going from planet to planet and they just don't... You, auxiliary to the board, let them be around. Hell, you have wait staff. Say you're playing Food Chain Magnet. We need you guys to be... Waitstaff, mm-hmm. go get us a drink. And, sure. <laughs> and you basically employ your children. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I've done, done that too. Some, if you have maybe, there's dice rolling in the game. You give them the, some have, dice. Have yeah. the kids with you. They want some attention. Here, you roll these for me. Roll yeah. these for daddy. Roll these for mommy. Or if you got cards that, that you're going to play under the table, you might have to hold them because if your child's small, but you're like, okay, play this one. They can pick it up and put it on the table for you. They, and they enjoy that. So so let's. Oh. Let, I'm looking at the question. So we tried to host a couple different game days at our home and no takers. So I guess my question would be is because you have kids or because maybe we're scheduling a day that we can't do it. I, I mean, there doesn't seem like to be a ton of information there. But, I mean, if you were hosting a game day at your house... And people aren't actively coming because you have kids. You probably need to find a good new game group mm-hmm. because those I mean, are not yeah. the people you want to play games with. Because yeah. if they're not tolerant with children, I'm going to tell you right now, there's a lot of gamers out there that act like children. Yep. If you cannot, it, and to be honest, I've seen children play games that are much more mature than the than the adults that they're with. Shake my head violently. I, yes. I, mm-hmm. Most of my friends do not have children, and it. it it is a little weird sometimes when we do game days and things. Mm-hmm. And I had my daughter. She's a teenager now. She's about to move out of the house, actually. But uh, um, where was I? You have a daughter. I have a daughter. Uh, yeah, and she's about to move. You're going to sure. kick her out of the yeah. house. Yeah. yeah. No, you have game that. groups. You have people without kids and people with kids. It's different. Mm-hmm. None of my friends really ever cared that I had a daughter. We just we had a good it's, gaming group. It's never it's never bothered me really. She played games with us most of the time, and to be honest, she's the meanest person we play games with. Yeah, she's kind of cutthroat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where she picked that up from, but yeah, she's she is a, she's ruthless gaming. That's for sure. Yeah. So let's let's kind of break down the rest of this. I know kids can be distracting, can interrupt a game's mood. So it seems people don't even want to try. I mean, that goes back to the thing. I mean, if people don't even want to try, they're not even going to give you a chance. Man, I'm telling get you. Get a different group. I, I know Search it's, on Facebook it's tough. For parents. It's tough. Maybe get on I mean, Facebook. Yeah. Put some feelers out there. But, I mean, if they if you, if you your gaming group doesn't even want to attempt to have a game day at your house. Like, yeah. if you have a welcoming, a welcoming space, you have plenty of room to play games, you're providing food and stuff like that, and they don't want to come over just for the single reason that they don't even want to try to play games because you have kids... Look at the games you're playing. Maybe, I, I would almost simply say, I know you. if you really want to be part of the community, 
that's great. You shouldn't put yourself at a financial, you know, risk by by hiring somebody for fifty dollars to watch your kid for you. But maybe maybe just think about you know maybe there's other people that have kids that are in the game group too that you can bring them and the kids can entertain each other. Yeah, that's a yeah. possibility. That was never one for me. But um, yeah, that's a possibility. Or find some parents and make gamers out of them. You know, if they express some interest in something related to a board game or strategy or they play video games, say, hey, do you want to try out some board games one afternoon? And, you know, your parent friends who are board gamers or geek enthusiasts. <laughs> you know, and you, you just mentioned something that's a perfect solution is, is video games, right? Because kids are very... Yeah. They, they. I mean, kid. Shoot. I've played Star Wars Battlefront, and I'll be honest with you. I've been playing video games all my life. So I cannot figure out how to kill somebody in one of these point and shoot games. I just can't do it. I suck <laughs> at it. But I'll tell you what. These kids can kill me in a heartbeat. Yeah. You know, I can be running, jumping, whatever. They'll headshot every time. So. Yeah. So it's it's not bad. Maybe maybe looking at uh, maybe maybe entertaining the kids is a different way. Like I said, I don't know how old the kids are, so if they're toddlers, it's very easy to turn on a Nintendo or something like that and let them play something on there or the PlayStation. Like I said, they have pretty short attention spans. That'll work for a little bit. It's kind of hard to get through a whole game, but yeah, maybe think of shorter games. If your friends don't want to come over because you have kids, is that because they don't feel they can play games without drinking and being ruckus? Maybe, maybe just need different people or just be like... Well, we're not going to play Cards Against Humanity. Sorry. Or yeah, if they're you, skittish, tell them, hey, the kids are really fun. Like, yeah, some people are afraid of kids. So and, well, like, you, seriously, afraid of kids. And You may just have to accept the fact that yeah. you both, you and your wife or significant other, both can't do a game day together. Yeah. You may have to accept the fact of that. That one of you, like if you have a game day somewhere, if they have a game day locally somewhere else, that say, hey, I'm going to go this week, or I'm going to go this night, and then you can go the next night, and I'll watch, I'll watch the kids. So you you got to think that. you got That may be something that you have to do. I mean, I don't know, like I said, you, that like we need to really know the demographics of like what you're dealing with. Like is, like, is it a bunch of college kids that you're trying to game with? Because that can be an issue. They may not want to deal with kids. Well, yeah, and you they're know? more likely to be... Literally scared of children. Yeah. Patrick was terrified of my daughter until she was probably almost 12 because little, little people scare him. He's a big guy. He's afraid he's going to break them. Mm -hmm. He's very awkward around children and make them nervous. He doesn't hate kids or anything. And I've met people that do just hate children. (laughs) Like, like they were born adults themselves. Yeah. But, uh, (laughs) So, okay, so I don't know if we actually answered the question, but I think we gave some good input on said question. I want to mention something, because we mentioned video games, and I know this isn't really do that, but we were at the Paducah Mall the other day, and they had a kiosk, and they were selling these things, and they look like the classic NES systems, right? You know, those little classic ones they released a couple years ago, and they were very limited. So this kiosk has got all these TVs around, they got these hooked up to it, since it has over 650 games. Okay, so I'm looking at it. It looks like a Nintendo. It doesn't say Nintendo on it, but the controllers look like a Nintendo. And I told my wife, I said, listen, I got to go take a look at this. So I'm scrolling. I just got to see what these 650 games are. So first of all, the, the people next to me were playing Super Mario Brothers. It looked like complete garbage. I mean, it looked like they were playing on like the worst TV resolution they could possibly find. So when you're talking about 650 games on a very small, small 
small system is probably. I mean, I don't think you can get 650 games on a on a PlayStation 4 with a terabyte. You know, that's that's worth anything. So I'm looking and I'm going through the games, and the first game I see that they kind of they kind of just pop. It I did. It just it just popped in my head. This is the first time I've ever seen really just in person being sold in a place of business a Chinese ripoff was this this system because one of the games was on was Ninja Gaiden Gaiden like it's Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden like with an N spelled with an M it's like so then I start going through it and so many things are misspelled like one of the one of the games was called Kung Fu Mario Kung Fu Mario yeah I don't even I, it was it was Kung Fu it was the old kung fu game, you know, where you just walk and like, and so I'm just like, this is so bad. I don't know when you talked about that. That just brought that up. It's just like, and it happens in board games too, you know. There's Chinese knockoffs, but at least they try to make it look like. At least there's knockoff games, and it just at least they try to make it look like the original game. This was just this made me laugh so hard. And the, the lady comes over, and she's so polite. She said, "Oh, do you want to see?" And it was like fifty dollars. She said, "Would you like to buy one?" And I just kind of laughed. I was like, "I don't think so." You know, I mean, it's just it's just so it's just a, that's kind of the world we live in nowadays. So it's like you got to be careful. Nintendo maybe instead of Nintendo, like it didn't say anything on it. It was like a game game place or something like that. If you go to Paducah and you walk down that kiosk right next to the sunglass hut, it's going to be right there. I guarantee it. And there's going to be people trying to play Super Mario Brothers and they're going to be failing at it because it's it's terrible. The controllers were so small, I felt like I was going to break them. You know, it was, it was just so... But anyway, that's all for this week on the Sunday Gamer. Uh, tune in next time. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, some Gen Con travel trips and so i'm just gonna go ahead and turn it over to judd this has been the sunday gamer we thank you for your commitment to better gaming if you're looking for input about gaming related social situations email us at the dice guild gaming at gmail.com or come to our facebook page the dice guild tune in next time when we discuss convention travel tips until then play on and play better thanks everybody <laughs>